Welcome to the Pastor's Table Podcast with Pastor Jeffrey and James. Have a seat and join our roundtable discussion as we talk about God and His Holy Word. This podcast is sponsored by Where Creations LLC. Now let's join our host, Pastors Jeffrey and James, for today's conversation. We are back, Pastor James and Pastor Jeffrey, with the Pastor's Table Podcast. Hi, hi there, Pastor. Hey, how you doing? Okay. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25. We're going to go to 34. This okay. is the cure for anxiety, depression, that spirit. Well, Jeffrey didn't introduce me, so I'm the special guest tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he invites me on, and then he forgets to introduce me. That's not very nice. Wow. <laughs> right? It's a good thing we're informal here. That's right. Okay, folks. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Matthew chapter six tonight, verse twenty-five. Yes, yeah, twenty-five through thirty-four talks about anxiety. Okay, and it's actually it says the God book at the top of the passage it says the cure for anxiety. So well, and I think that's I think that's very um, prevalent in today's society. Um, I was just telling Jeffrey, um, you know, I'm a healthcare worker. Um, we were told last week that we had seven weeks to comply with getting vaccinated or else. Yes. Wow. Um, so uh, it, it's, it, you know, it does make, it just, it made me angry. Made me oh, very, made me very angry because I'm a veteran. Um, I served six years in the military to preserve our freedoms. And now you're telling me it's okay that a woman has an abortion because it's her body. But, mm -hmm. but you know, when I tell you I don't want to have an experimental vaccine, you tell me, uh, yeah. no, that's not your right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, this passage especially, this chapter especially spoke to me, and I told Jeffrey that. Um, because it does, it, it, it does make you very anxious uh, does, with does. today's with today's events going on, and people yeah. better wake up and realize that this is a spiritual war going on. There's something yeah. much greater than the vaccine going on. Spiritual warfare going on around us every single day, and that's yes. what this is. And um, and we see, you know, the vaccine's one of them. But on top of that, the virus itself. Is another one, you know, you look back last year, this world was stricken in fear. Mm -hmm. The world was stricken in fear because of a pandemic, because of a virus that is 97 and 99% curable. Right. And survival. Um, and people don't believe that plagues come from God. And this is a plague. Exactly. Uh, this is exactly a plague, and it has been a judgment upon the people um, from God to, you know, because we were quarantined for so long, yeah. um, and that people had to turn to God. You know, uh, live streams, um, religious live streams increased mm -hmm. tenfold, oh, yeah. 
you know, Absolutely. with their memberships because people was trying to find God. People was trying to find answers. And they, um, and they, they still are. But, you know, that has decreased dramatically because they went back to normal. They went back to work. Yeah. You know? Um, so. I was blessed. I never had to, I never missed work. We never shut down. Yeah, um, I never missed work either. Yeah, so I was blessed to be able to go out. I mean, I got in trouble. I don't know how many times it worked, but, you know, that's that's me being me uh, because I refuse to wear the mask. Um, I don't social distance well. I'm a very, very social person. Um, so I got yelled out multiple times a week because I refuse to social distance. I refuse to wear my mask because I refuse to live in fear. And that's mm-hmm. what it was, and they, they I, I, I was supposed that one day, and I just went to the back, and I, I told every one of them, I said, hey, I said, if you live in fear, go home. I'm not, and I refuse to, and that's what yeah, this whole pandemic did. It struck this world in fear, and God tells us 365 times in the Bible, do not be afraid, do not fear. There's a reason he tells us that. There's a reason it's in there that many times, because he didn't want us to fear. He didn't want us to be afraid. He wants us to trust in him so we can live our lives. See, if we have that relationship with God, he says he's our healer. He says he's our protector. Uh, he, he does what he says. His promises are there for us. But we got to believe in him. we got to trust in him and what he says and what he has said he's going to do that it, it happens. It comes to pass, and it does every time. Amen. You know, and 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 that's why, you know, this was laid on my heart over the weekend when we was in Alabama, preaching the streets in Alabama. You know, I hate I couldn't get down there, but there's an expense issue to get down there and and back to Rock Hill. You know, we with understand. both going both of them, and um, it was just you know it cost me a little bit more than I expected in Alabama and and all that. So. But, it, you know, God took care of it. Yeah. You know, we're going to yeah. eventually make it to Mississippi. We're going to eventually get down there to do the street ministry down there and, and reach the people down there. See, what we noticed in Uniontown, Alabama, poverty-stricken area. Very, very poverty-stricken. I got the pictures of the buildings falling down down. They got four businesses that's open down there, and everything else is falling in. Wow. Um, but what I noticed preaching on Saturday on the street, with my loudspeaker and my wireless mic on the street corner preaching, they're hungry for God in that in, in that town. They're hungry for God. Just got the gas the gas station was packed. People getting gas, and they they put the nozzle in their gas tank, turn around and listen to what was being said. People stopped at the stoplight to listen what was being said. You know, that, that just showed me these people are hungry for God. You know, it's they need they need the leader. You know, they got to have that shepherd to, to lead them, to guide them. And, you know, as Christians, and he tells us that he is our guy. He, he, he will guide us. He will lead us if we trust him. We just got to trust him with that. You know, he tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. There's a reason for that. Because if we walk by sight, we see something that's going to happen. We see something that's going to jolt us, that's going to scare us, that's going to uh, get in our way. What we're going to do? We go back down. If we mm-hmm. walk by faith and do what God 
asked us to do and what he's in and, and trust in his plans that he has for each of us. He's going to get us through it. You know, we walk yeah. through storms. We go through storms in our lives periodically. And, and, you know, and there's times we, we've all done it. Every one of us has done it. We'll get through this major storm. We'll start going through this major storm in our life. Then we'll get halfway through it and back out. Going mm -hmm. back through the same stuff we went through to try to get out of this. Because we didn't trust in God. Yeah. So he says, trust me. I'm your healer. I'm your protector. I'm your leader. I'm, I'm your counselor. You know, he will guide us. He will guide our path. And he tells us that. So mm -hmm. if we trust him in our big storms, because he's got a blessing at the end of that storm that we would never believe. And he's going to blow our minds with, hey, this is why you went through this. And we're going, wow, that's better, you know, better than what I ever thought of was going to happen. You know, I thought I was going to sit here and sink or drown in, during this storm because I couldn't see the light at the end of it. But, I, you know, I trusted God and he guided me through it and pulled me out of it. You know, that's where this passage it actually comes in because during those storms that we're not trusting and we're thinking we're going to get through them on our own, no, we're not. We got to turn to God. That's the only way we're going to get through it because I see he's our only hope. You know, we get anxious. We get that anxiety going, how am I going to, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to uh, put gas in my car? How am I going to get back and forth to work? How am I going to feed my family? And God said, trust me, I'll provide for you. And he does. Mm -hmm. You know, but we'll get all anxious over the small things. And I learned years ago, I learned years ago, after I, after I, after I came to Christ, I worried, before that, I worried about everything. I, I was a worried word. I was worried about the smallest thing. I was walking down the driveway when we were standing at days. I was going to get the mail. I'm halfway up the driveway and I think about it. I'm, I, it dawns on me. Light bulb goes off. Boom. Why are you worrying about the small things? Why are you worrying about all this stuff in your life? No, you don't have control over it. Mm -hmm. No control over it. Why am I worried about it? I turned around. I threw my hands in the air. I surrendered to God. I said, God, this is yours. I am done. You know, take mm -hmm. this. Whatever's on my shoulders, take this weight off my shoulders, take these struggles, take these financial struggles, take these, whatever I'm going with, I'm done. I'm giving them to you, God. They're yours. I'm and I'm going to back out. And I'm going to trust you to get my past from here on out and not worry about things because I'm not in control. And once I learned and realized that I wasn't in control and God was, my worries were gone. To this day, I don't worry about nothing because mm -hmm. I give it to God. Hey, God, this is on my mind. It's yours. I'm done. I walk away. And I've preached it many times. Jeffrey knows it uh, about a backpack, how we will put stuff, store stuff and carry yeah. it around. If you put a ton of, if you put bricks in a backpack and carry it around for an hour, you're going to fill it. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. you, you start out with, say, oh, I got a financial issue. That's one brick. Throw it in there. Walk around with it. It ain't too bad for a little while. Then, oh, man, how am I going to feed my family? Well, that's another Just Throw it in there. Well, now you got two bricks, a little bit heavier. Now you walk around with that, man. Man, they're talking about letting me go at my job. What am I going to do about a job? Blah, blah, blah. Wow, there goes another brick. Next thing you know, you got this backpack slam full because you think you're going to get through this on your own, and we're not. So if we're not going to, 
if we if we're gonna sit here and say, okay, I got this, God, you know, I, I'm good. We're gonna stress. We're gonna have this anxiety on us that we can't get rid of because we can't do it without God. God's gonna take it away from me. He took it away from me, you know. But we gotta learn to take that backpack and say, okay, God, I trust you right now. I give it all to you. I surrender it all. Here it is. It's yours. Bam. Don't look back at it. Don't ask it for it back. Take the backpack and hand it with it so you can't store the stress, the anxieties. Mm-hmm. Give it to God. Let him have it. And take that backpack if you still have it. You empty it out, throw it in the trash can because you ain't going to need it no more. Because God, if you trust God in you and you walk that path and the purpose that he has in your life, guess what? You ain't going to need it because that stress is gone. Like he says, he's in control. God's in control of our lives. If we surrender, God's in control of our life. Okay, so if not, then we're going to stress, we're going to worry, we're going to have anxiety. Now we're going to get sick because of it. We're going to get spiritually sick because we're in that spiritual warfare every day. Right now, we got angels around each and every one of us fighting a battle we have no clue about. We have no clue about because Satan's trying to get to us, and God says, Watch this, I got my army protecting you right now. Amen. That, that, that is why we need to put the full armor of God on our day. Absolutely. That's what that comes in at. So I'm going to start reading uh, verse 25. It says, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Think about that. Mm-hmm. They're free. We're free. They're free. What do they worry about? Not a thing. They have no worries yeah. in their life. They fly around. They get food. They get places. They get shelter. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're more precious than they are, and it tells us that. And it says, aren't you worth more than they? Absolutely. Why? Because he breathed life into us. He breathed life into us. He put our soul in us. So why struggle? Why worry about those those tiny little things that that we're 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 not in control of? Why worry about? You know. Y'all got anything to add before we move on? No. No, I think you covered it pretty good. You always does. It's <laughs> <a> preacher. <laughs> uh, and 27 says, can any of you add a single cubic to his height by worrying? What we're going to add to our life, what we're going to gain in our life by worrying about something? Nothing. Not a thing. We're gonna, only thing we're going to, only thing we're going to gain is stress. Amen. Only thing we're going to gain is sickness. Depression, oh, the anxiety that this mm-hmm. is a cure for, right? That's it. That's all we're going to gain. But if we trust God, we got the whole, we got everything to gain. Yeah. Because we got our freedom, our freedom, our mind back with us because we're not worried about, we're not letting, you know, we ain't letting the enemy in our head rent free anymore because we trusted God and gave it to Him. Because we have a bad habit of letting Satan come in and say, hey, you're not worthy. Hey, you can't do this. Hey, you ain't gonna be able to pay this. Hey, you, you, you're about to lose your job. Oh, you don't do your job good enough. And we'll sit there and we will listen to the enemy every day. Uh-huh. Instead of going 
instead of rebuking him. Let's sit there and listen to him. Hey, you're not worthy. Hey, you blah, 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 this, that, and the other. You know, for a second, we're going to go look at Matthew chapter 4 and go to verse... Go to verse 10. This is where Jesus, this, this passage is where Jesus was tempted by the devil, right? He was sent to be tempted. Mm -hmm. Okay. After he was attempted all those times before this verse, it says, then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship, you, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And it says, then mm -hmm. the devil left him immediately, and immediately angels came and began to serve him. Same with us. While we, let, while we let Satan come in our life and, and, and tell us things and whisper in our ear, you're not worthy. Amen. You're not good enough. And God says, you are. God says, you're perfect in my eyes. Yes. You know, he took a broken person, an alcoholic. He put them back together, turned them into a preacher to do amazing things that he's done in my life since I surrendered my life to him. You know, so what is, what, what does No. Why would Satan have a hold on us? I think it's human nature. I mean, we have battled human nature from Adam and Eve. Um, it's human nature to get up and start worrying about your day and worrying about how you're going to accomplish this, like you just said, how you're going to pay this. Um, and you were right. You've got to rebuke him, and you got to rebuke him right then. And it's, it is all about trust. Um, and you said something uh, that... Um, I had forgotten, you've got to walk by faith, not by sight. And that's got to be, that, that, is, that has to be a motto in your life. That has got to be something you say to yourself every day. You got to rebuke Satan and you got to say, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. And, um, and if, if anybody thinks they're going to get through life, get out of here alive, they're not. If anybody thinks that you're not going to be tested, you're not. You will. You are going to be tested. I mean, the, the disciples were tested every single day. Um, and I even think it says somewhere that um, they were told not to pack anything, not to carry anything. Isn't that right? The disciples was told not to take anything with them. Yeah. But God will provide for them. And he did. That's right. Um, you know, it, it's it, it, that goes along. See, like I said, does you know, that question I just posed does Satan have a hold on us? Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have a hold on us. Yeah. At times, yes, he does. Why does he have a hold on us? Because we gave it, we let him. Yeah. It ain't. It ain't because oh, I got you. No, we let him. Because the first thing Satan's going to tax our mind. That's where that anxiety comes from. That's where that depression comes from. You know, we did an event here going on four weeks ago now here in Rock Hill. 
you know, one of the ladies that was with us at this event, she come to me, she said, you got any, got any uh, literature on depression? I said, nope, sure don't. When I got over there, and he, he, he's battling depression right now. I, I walk over there to him, I say, hey, heard you battling depression. He said, yeah, I am. Let me pray for you. So I started praying for him. All right, grant me. I was headed to my car after my drink four, about three times before I made it there, actually. And so I prayed for him. I go back towards the car. And in the process between me and my car is my Bible. So I made the car to get my drink again. I grab the Bible. I head back over to the guy. Uh, this verse right here, this passage we're going through right now, Matthew 6, 25 through 30, I read it and explain it to me. In the middle of that parking lot, I seen this guy get delivered of his depression. And now uh, I see his son on Facebook Live preaching. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Literally seen him from in depression. And now he looked at me. He says, I've been isolating myself. And to get food, because we're serving, we're serving the community. Free hot dogs, free hamburgers with all the fixings. We're serving. He came out there. He says, I isolate myself. One thing we don't need to do is isolate ourselves. Because mm -hmm. once we're isolated, Satan's, get, Satan's going to start messing with our mind. He's going to start whispering in our ear. He's going to start telling them, we're not worthy. We're not good enough. Oh, yeah, your bills can't get paid. Oh, you don't have food in the refrigerator. You don't have food in your cabinets. Okay, then he's got us. Now he's got a hold of us. Because now we're worrying about us. Wasn't worrying about it because we knew where it was coming from. So, well, you know, that time, like, again, that, that, that question I posed, I posed, does Satan have a hold of us? If we're walking in our faith the way we're supposed to, no, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Doing what God's purpose in our life is, no, he doesn't. Well, he'll try, the more, the more we do for God, guess what? He's going to come after us. He's going to try everything he can to stop us. He's going to send his demons after us. That's why God, God's got an army of angels around us right now fighting those battles. So they can't Amen. get to So we don't have to have that depression, that anxiety. You know, we don't have to have to be mentally broke down because we're listening to the enemy instead of listening to our father. That says, yeah. I got you. I've got you. You don't have to worry about it. Because I'm going to get to it here in a minute in the scripture, and, it's gonna, it, and he tells us that. So, uh, and, uh, and it goes to verse 28. It says, And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, for you of little faith? They're here today, gone tomorrow. That's true. Very true. They come in, they bloom, they're beautiful, but they're gone in an instant. Yeah. He takes care of those. He takes care of the, the animals. The birds, they don't have to worry about what, what's coming. 
They don't have to worry about where they're going to sleep. They don't have to worry about their food. They know where no. they're going. Uh-huh. So why are we walking around worrying about things that God says, don't worry about it? I got you. And it tells us right there, he says, it says, the second part of that scripture says, and won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? And there's times, yes, our faith's little, because we'll sit there and tell God how big our problem is, how Amen. big our mountain is, instead of telling our problem how big our God is. Mm-hmm. So God knows our problem, and to him, it's micro to him. It's nothing to him. But our God's much bigger than we give him credit for. He's Amen. much bigger than we give him credit for. You need a mountain move. Guess what? Got to move it. You need a wall tore down. Guess what? It'll get tore down. Look at Jericho. They tore a whole city down. They went by weapons. What was it by? They marched around this city for a week. And then the last, you know, the last day, they walked around that thing seven times and, and yelled and let out a big noise. And what happened? It crumbled. That's how big our God is. Amen. But we sit here and go, my problem's much bigger. Instead of, no, my God's much bigger than my problems. You know, my God is much bigger than my anxiety. God is much bigger than the depression. God is much bigger than my addiction. God is much bigger yeah. than anything we will ever face. But we sit there and go, God, here's how big my problem is. Instead of saying, problem, here's how big my God is. Watch what happens. Watch this wall get moved. Watch this mountain be moved. My biggest thing was, when I was bound in addiction with alcohol, I was an alcoholic. Okay. I was bound in there. God moved that mountain. He tore that wall down and he did it overnight. And he did it before I was even in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, I'm so, I, 20 years, I'll be, I'm sober for 20 years now. Because wow. God delivered me of alcoholism 20 years ago overnight. I came home the only day, because I used to come home drunk every day. And I would drink until I passed out most of the time. Seven days a week, that's the way I was at that time. I come home one day from work sober. Wow. And that's the day God delivered me. That's the day I poured every bit of alcohol in my my refrigerator, my freezer, down the drain, and never went back to it. Because God was much bigger than my addiction. And I still didn't know who he was. I had no clue who he was, but he showed me who he was. Then he showed me who he was all the way up until I surrendered to him and gave him, gave my life. But he put people in my life that showed me who he was and what he could do even after he delivered me from that addiction. And the only reason I broke that addiction was because of him, because there was no way I was going to get away from it. There was no way I was going to quit on my own. The way I was drinking, I was, on a, I was on a path of self-destruction at that time. Didn't care, have a care in the world because all my problems were drowned in alcohol. Because I wanted to worry about things I had no control over. But my problem found out how big my God is. My addiction had found out how big my God is. 
even though I didn't, I wasn't in a relationship with him. Even though after he delivered me, if I would have died, I would have, I would have went straight to hell at that time because mm-hmm. I didn't come to Christ until 2010. That was in 2001. Yeah, 2001. When 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 he delivered me to that, then between 2001 and 2010, he showed me who he was. I started church on Halloween of 2010. Two weeks later, I gave my life to Christ. Wow. And couldn't imagine the journey we were right now. I'd never would imagine I'd be where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And I'd be a member of a church. I would have taught kids and uh, did youth ministry as long as I did. And I wouldn't ever believe I would have been in a pulpit preaching or doing the street ministry and doing the traveling I do for the kingdom, to build the kingdom. Because I said, hey, God, you're in control. I'm not. Take my worries. Take my stress. Take my problems. They're yours. I'm done with them. Because I'm not going to worry about something I can't control because there's no use. Amen. So verse 31 says, so don't worry. Saying, what will you eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the idlers eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He already knows what we need. He knows our needs. Yes. He knows. No matter what we do, he knows our needs. He knows we need clothes. He knows we need food. He knows all this stuff. But we worry about it. Oh, where's uh-huh. this? Where's my next meal coming from? Man, my clothes got all holes in them and everything. Where, where am I going to get my next set of clothes from? Where, where am I going to get some water from? I'm thirsty. Because, again, there we go. Problem. Or God, here's how big my problem is. Instead of saying, God, I love you. Thank you for what you do and provide for me. Because he said he would. Right? And it says, in verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Right there, he says, We seek him and his righteousness, so we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's going to provide what we need. It says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Again. Amen. Why worry? Give the problems we have. Give the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the addiction, whatever we're holding, whatever we're struggling with, Hand it off to God. Trust him. Say, God, it's yours. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to give you these problems. And I'm going to let you deal with them. And I'm walking away because I'm going to trust in you. And I surrender it all to you. Not just halfway, but all the way I surrender to you. And it's, it's not my problem no more because you just took care of it. Praise him for it. That's our illnesses. That's whatever we're going through. He's going to take care of. He's going to provide for us. And all we got to do is say, hey, God, here it is. Take it right now. If there's, a, if there's anxiety in your life, depression in your life, addiction in your life, sickness in your life, God's sitting there beside you right now saying, hey, son, daughter, hand it to me. I want it. Trust me with it. I want it. Give it over. Hand it over to me and walk away from this. The struggles that you're dealing with, give them to me. And he's going to take he's going to deal with them so we don't have to because he said he would that's how faithful he is to us that's how loving our God is Amen. 
No, you, you take what I'm a mop, I think, as always. <laughs> yeah. You, you have anything? No, I can't add any more than or elaborate more than what than what you've said. You've covered it pretty well. Amen. He knows he knows exactly what we need. It may not be what we want or what we determine. You know, I may not get that big house, that mansion on the hill. And he might supply me with a tent, you know, but he's going to give me what, what, what I need. He's going to cover me. That's right. I may not have that steak dinner, but you know, uh, uh, he'll give me something to eat. He, he will definitely take care of me. And I do believe that. Uh, I truly believe that. Amen. Absolutely. He will. We, we, we want the big things. We want the very nice things there is out there and god says nope you're not ready for that here's a tent here's your shelter they like you said it could be a tent here's your uh here's your food for tonight a can of beans or or or, or some bread or something he fed us he, he gave us he gave us shelter he gave us food you know you know give us clothes to wear you know but you know we'll sit here and we'll complain about what we have Mm -hmm. we'll complain about what we've been provided instead of saying god thank you thank you for this tent thank you for this piece of bread thank you for this little bit of bean or whatever and praise him for it you know just give it all to him and praise him for it because guess what next time it might be something bigger and better mm -hmm. he might have you going through that <laughs> trial at the time going okay here's your tent you're sleeping outside but you got a tent you got coverage here's a little bit of food Here's your food I got for you today. Praise him for it because next time you might you might be sitting in a house. Well, it just reminds me of, you know, we had Hurricane Katrina here. Yeah. And um, I have, we live in a double wide trailer mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful for it because it provided me and uh, I'm a single parent, me and my daughter and my animals at home. We had Hurricane Katrina, which you know was um, a massive disaster here. And um, mansions, million dollar homes, you know, was washed away. But here it was me and my little double wide trailer, I still had it left. And you know, that, that just shows me God's goodness and God's grace because it wasn't anything that I did. It was all on him. And you know, these people's, I mean, there was, um, you know, uh, nice looking furniture just washed away, washed up into piles, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these expensive clothes, all these expensive cars, everything just wiped out, yeah. wiped out in a matter of a day. So um, it just proves to you, you know, uh, like God says, you know, um, he is the provider and um, he provides for your needs, not to build up your riches here on earth, but to build up your riches up in heaven, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's truly where your treasures should be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He knows the same, because things here on earth are going to rust and, and fade away. Mm -hmm. They're going to they, 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 they just go, you know, 
the pieces they ain't gonna last but our treasures in heaven are there forever you know that person we planted that seed in that finally came to Christ that we never knew about that's our treasures we're put we're, we're putting in heaven you know mm-hmm. every time we go out to build the kingdom that's the treasures that we're putting up every time we pray for somebody and see see the healings see the deliverances see the chains broken that's the that's that's the treasures that we are putting up in heaven you know there's a lot of things we we, will pray we pray and pray and pray for people all the time all over this world in our ministries do we see every healing do we see every salvation do we see every deliverance no we don't but we trust god it's going to happen we believe in god He's going to provide for those that we've been praying for, that we continue to pray for daily, you know. But we, we trust in him to do those things, and, and we just got to be faithful to him, and we just got to walk in obedience. We just got to walk in obedience. Thing. Walking, walking in obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may not see those immediate results that, you know, we pray and we pray and we pray for family members. We pray for people. They keep committing the same, they keep doing the same things. Um, and uh, uh, we just wonder when are they going to turn that corner? When are they going to get with the program? And you know, we can't always say that we have to trust in God because God has to break us down to build us up, and, and we must become dependent upon Him. Um, and like you had said, um, it's not about what we're doing, it's about what God is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't, you know, we, we'll sit here and 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 chase the world and chase the worldly things in a heartbeat. We'll chase the fancy cars. We'll chase the addictions. We'll chase the money and result in death and nothing. I mean. But we have a hard time chasing after our father in heaven the one that gives us life the one that says we can have life and have it in abundance the one that says you can have joy through me the one that says hey you ain't gotta live in that addiction the one that says hey you ain't gotta have that sickness you know trust me i'll heal you trust me i'll take that addiction trust me i'll take that depression but we'll chase after worldly things which ain't of god but we won't chase after God like we're supposed to, like he wants us to. We, we'll, we'll, we'll catch on fire for the world, but we won't catch on fire for God. Mm-hmm. See, we got we got our priorities backwards. We do. How about we, catch, how about, how about we set the uh, revival and say, and, and get people set on fire for God and not the world? Okay, mm-hmm. we start that revival in our own backyard. That's not throwing up a tent and inviting thousands of people. The revival starts in our household, in our own household. It starts with our family, then it goes to our neighbors, then it goes outward from there. That's where this revival is going to start. That's where this revival is going to come from. It's not going to come because we're going to get this big tent and sit up under it and listen to somebody preach for an hour. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to come from us reaching the lost. And that means 
that we're not going to sit here and say, hey, how about you come to my church? It's a great church, you know, great pastor, blah, 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 and hope that lost is going to come and walk through those doors. 98% of them will not walk through the doors of the church. But if we do what we're called to do, and that's go to them, that's meet them mm -hmm. where they're at. Meet them where they're at. Meet them in the streets like we did in Alabama. Meet them at their house. We went and I, I, 500 miles away, nobody knew me in that town with Kathy and John. We went around in that little village that they live in, talking to the people in the community, getting invited into their house and ministering to them and praying for them with open arms. That's where we're going to reach them at. That's where they're going to see the hope that we have in Christ, where they're going to see the love of Christ coming from, because we're reaching out to them. We're coming to them and saying, hey, what, 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 what's going on? How can we pray for you? You know, getting into the streets and preaching the word the way we was on Saturday and reaching, the, reaching them where they're at, going to them where they're at, going to the homeless where they're at in the streets. Going to the attic where he's at in the streets. You know. Yeah. And that's 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 it. You're, and you're exactly right. That's what uh Jesus did is he yeah. went into the towns, him and his disciples, and he met them where they were. Absolutely. Um, he sat with the unwanted, the unloved, um, you know, the lepers, the tax collectors. And um, you're right, you know, revival starts in our heart. It starts in the home. It starts in our town. You don't have to go to Indonesia or India or any place else. It's great to support those places because they need it. Um, but, you know, you must start where you're at. And, and we need to fellowship and help each other. Um, because we've, we've got to stand together because, you know, uh, Satan's going to divide us. He's going to try to divide us however way that he can. Yeah. He was successful at it last year, actually, because of the pandemic, because we, the, the, the media and all that put fear into the world and closed everything down, including the church. That's right. Okay. We kept preaching online. We kept reaching our, our the congregation, but we wasn't reaching a lot of the lost. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, we got social distance. We can't come within six foot of somebody. Oh, you got to wear a mask or this or that. You know, but God says, don't fear. God didn't. Fear when he went to the left, when the, the ones with leprosy came to him, mm -hmm. killed him. It, it, there was no fear. Jesus had no fear when he did what he did in his ministry, walking the streets the way, the way we should be doing. Showing the love of Christ the way we, you know, we should be showing the love of Christ every, every day to somebody. We should be reaching out. God puts people in our lives every day. You know, if at work, at the grocery store, at the restaurant, walking down the street. Pay to them with a smile. And God bless you. Guess what? They, they'll smile back. Mm 
because they just got blessed because somebody says something, they're going, okay, people do care. They do see me. You know, and you got the ones that are, that again, the depression, the anxiety that, that keeps them from doing things. But they don't realize people do care. People do want to interact with them. People do want to show them that love of Christ. But once they see it, they're going, wow, I do have faith in humanity again because they, they don't even know me, but they they talked to me. They prayed for me. Oh, they went and got me some food because I was hungry. They got me something to drink because I was thirsty. Might even take them some clothes because they need it. And they're going, wow, I had nothing, but they came and provided. It was provided for me. And it wasn't, you know, God used us, uses us for it. But God ultimately provided it for them. That's right. And, and that's where they see the love of Christ. That's where they see hope in Christ. Because at that point, we're able to, 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 to give them what they need. But we also, and what I do, say, hey, can I pray for you in the process? I give them what they need. Here it is. Hey, can I pray for you before I walk away, before I leave? You know? And pray for them and pray a heavy prayer over them, you know, whatever they're struggling with that God takes from them. If they have an illness that God puts his hand on them and touches them, you know, if they got an addiction that God takes it from them. But God, you know, ultimately we we want to know God bless them, provide for them, you know, help them get out of the situation they're in. You know, and and a lot of the homeless, especially here in my community. Um, I've been blessed. I've been very blessed to work with the homeless here. I was blessed a few years ago to help Bethel Church here in Rock Hill. They do a men's shelter, and it was just for the winter. For the longest time, it was just the winter months only. And and I signed up, and I went once a week. Every Tuesday for the longest during that time, I went to break bread with them, to talk to them, to sit down with them, and really get to know them. And come to find out over half the homeless in my community, and it's probably could be the same everywhere else, they have full-time jobs. Their problem, the, their, their issue is it's hard to save up the deposit and the first and last month's rent, the deposit for the lights, you know, all this. It's hard for them to get that first step and started so they can get so they get a foothold. And there's, there's not enough affordable housing. For normal common people, you have to have excellent credit. Mm -hmm. You have to have the first month's rent, the last month's rent, plus to get all the deposits and to get everything cut on. And if you don't have excellent credit to get out and get that apartment, where are you going to live? How are you going to work? A lot of people live in their car. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's just, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just pathetic because it's true what they, you know, what we've all, what all heard about, we are just one paycheck away from being homeless. Yeah. And that old saying of there, there by the grace of God goes I. that mm -hmm. could be me on the street. That could be me living in the car. That could be me living yeah. under the, under the, the tree. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, some of these people, we might be the only Jesus that they ever see. Absolutely. You and know? That's why, that's why when we go out, you know, we got to show them who Jesus is. 
Okay, I worked at I worked at uh, Charlotte International Airport for seven years. Um, I was blessed to minister to so many people up there, and I worked catering the last six years I was there. And uh, one of the guys that I became good friends with, he come up to me one night, and his truck partner, he looked at me, he said, James, it's what? He said, tell AJ he's redeemable. I looked at AJ, I said, dude, you're redeemable. He said, no, I'm not. I said, why is that? He said, I got to believe to be redeemable. I said, okay, true. You got a point there. I said, why don't you believe that? He said, because I physically can't see God. My heart sunk. Why? Because if he physically can't see God, we're not doing what God's called us to do. Because for, for somebody to see who he is, to see who Jesus is, they're going to see it for each and every one of us by the way we live. So if he's not seeing Jesus, that means we're not living our life for Jesus and we're not living what we're supposed to. Because if we was, he would see Jesus in us and go, okay. And I was blessed to minister to this guy for so long up until the last time I was able to minister to him before I left the airport, me and him got in a debate. That's the only way I could reach it. I had to debate with him. So, hey, creation versus evolution. He believes in evolution. I believe in creation. So we went with it. That whole shift. When he, he'd go do his job, come back, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up. We, we'll go at it again. We'll start again. That whole shift, we talked about it. By the end of that night, he looks at me. He says, I can't debate with you anymore on this. I said, why is that? He says, you're telling me the truth. He says, you're absolutely right. He says, there's nothing I can say about what you're telling me that's not true. He said, everything you told me is true. I was able to show him who God was. And him, to, he, you know, at that time, I prayed for salvation. At that time, he hadn't received Christ yet. He hadn't surrendered to Christ yet. But when he can sit there and tell me, I can't debate this no more because you're right. You're absolutely right about what you're telling me. It's the absolute truth, you know, and took him from going, oh, I don't believe in him because I can't see him to going, you're right. And admit to, there's a God. Because I showed him the love of Christ. I showed him hope in Christ. Instead of going, okay, he don't believe in God because he can't see him. No, it, it, it went to heart. Going, okay, he can't see God. Man, we got an issue. We got a problem. Okay. If he can't see Christ in us. Because we're not being effective if, if they can't see God in us. Because they got to see that difference that I have. They got to see what's, they're they going to look at me and go, what's different about him? What does he have that I don't have? And how can I get it? Okay. If we can't make people go, okay, they, there's something different about them, and I want it. What is it? And at that point, some people walk up to you and say, what's different about you? And you tell them, and they go, I want that. And that's where we're able to minister to them. That's where we're able to tell them who Jesus is and what he did for us. You know, that he went to Calvary to pay our sin debt. A debt we could never pay, but a man that loves us sinless took our sins upon him so we wouldn't have to go to hell so we could have eternal life with him that's my Jesus 
That's the love of my God. And that's who we got to show people just by walking in our faith. We, we, we will minister to people and we don't even have to speak a word because they'll see it in us. That's very true. That is very true. Yeah. See, this Sunday I'm, I will be blessed to be preaching in Pakistan again after several years not. So we're gonna be spreading. The, we're gonna be spreading the word around the world this weekend. We will we'll be uh, doing a FaceTime in a, at a church in uh, Pakistan. We're we'll starting to preach there probably regularly too. So that's be awesome. But um, you know, we talked about missions. We talked about Katrina. Katrina was an was an was a was a was a terrible storm. It tore up a lot of places down there. Almost, you know, it put a lot of people homeless. I was blessed that year, 2005. If I'm not mistaken. You're right. Yep. I was running. Mandy was running the skate ring here in Rock Hill, and the one up in Shelby, North Carolina. I was able to make drop-off points at both at both rinks. And managed, and God provided. Literally, God provided this. There's no way. I had somebody reach out to me and say, "Hey, I got all the tractor trailer trucks you'll ever need to do this." Because that was shortly after Win Dixie shut down. We had the whole fleet of Win Dixie trucks load up every week and send down there. Girls, God said, "Watch this. We're gonna provide for these people." Until they called me up with two tractor trailers ready to hit the road and say, we don't need no more. We can't handle any more because we've got everything we need. And now I had two tractor trailers trucks sitting here going, what do we do with it? <laughs> and we you did. We, we, we received so much help. Um, yeah. And we came together as a community. I mean, the people came together. It didn't, it didn't matter what religion, you know, exactly. what color. We came together as a community and provided for each other. Um, and the help that we received was just, you know, was from God. Because, you know, like you said, man couldn't have done that. I, I didn't have the connection to get a fleet of trucks that had just came out of service. So, you know, there was still in great working conditions to travel that far back and forth for months, you know. And, and and the community outpour up here in North Carolina that that was provided was amazing. It was amazing how it was provided. You know, you know, 500, 600, 700 miles away, God provided for for y'all for y'all down there. God provided for y'all. Because he knew you needed the water. He knew the clothes were needed, the food was needed, the hygiene, the toilet paper, the toothbrush, the toothpaste, all that was needed. He knew it was needed, and it was provided. You know, how many people realized during that time and was ministered to during that time about God and saying, okay, God was good to me. God provided for me, you know. I lost everything I had, but God gave me shelter. God gave me food. God gave me clothes. You know, how many people turned to God when that happened? Because they didn't have nothing. There was rock bottom and going, what do I do now? Right. And God showed up and showed out and provided for everybody that needed it. Yeah. 
And that's how big our God is. Yeah. That's how loving. You know, if the world would wake up and see that now and do that now, we wouldn't have places like Uniontown, Alabama. We wouldn't have the places like Coretta and War, West Virginia. That's probably stricken so bad, it's not funny. I've been able to minister in both of those areas this year. And when you walk in Uniontown, Alabama, the buildings are falling in. You got four little stores there, and the buildings are falling in. War, West Virginia, that place had one store, a church I was about to open. They already had the ministry there, but they about to open the church building because they finally got their hands on it. The ministry did. But falling down buildings, falling down houses, I mean, just so more down than the witchcraft in those areas. The demonic in those areas, so heavy, it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. Okay. People say, hey, why don't you go here? Why don't you go there to overseas missions or other countries? Because I'm not called to do those missions. I am called to do what I do here at home. Right. I am called mm -hmm. to go to war with To, you know, we was asked to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana Sunday, you know, to become their minister, okay, to go down to Florida to minister, to go down to Georgia to minister, wherever we may go. I get the phone call the other night saying, hey, do you want to preach in Pakistan over video? Yeah, I want to preach in Pakistan over video because mm -hmm. we're able to spread the love of Christ, but I'm still able to do what I need to do here and not be stuck in another country because... They're needing to the help. Yes, they need to the help. We pray for them. Things are sent. God provides for them. He got, he's got missionaries that will go there. But my calling's here. So when we're called to preach the gospel, let's start in our backyard. Let's start in the towns here that are like some of those third world countries that you see on TV that don't have the food and all that. Uganda's one of them. Got a message from a friend over there today. He says, man, the struggle's real. He says, we're hurting here. And right now, right now, what I can do is pray for them and, and everything they're going through. But we have places in our towns, in our cities, in our states that look the same as what, are going through the same thing that what they're going through in Uganda South Africa, wherever they may be, and, and it's in our own backyard, but we, we're not going out and seeing. We're not going out and reaching it because it's hidden. Knoxville, Tennessee had five of we did a We did ministry up there um, 2018, if I'm not mistaken, under the bridge ministry. 500 homeless that lived up under a bridge in Broadway Street, Knoxville, Tennessee. 500 people that lived up under a bridge, one bridge in Knoxville, Tennessee on Broadway Street because the city hid them because they, they, they don't want nobody to see them. They don't want tourists to come in and see them. Right. Instead of trying to fix the problem, hey, let's hide them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And stick them down here. You know, There's nothing over here that they're going to want to go see. So let's stick the homeless here. And this is the only place they're going to be at. Up and down the sidewalks up there under that bridge, it, it, it was... It was a sight. 
that, you know, was able to minister to them, was able to feed them, was put, give them clothes. And, and we was blessed that day. Mm-hmm. You know, we yes, we took on food and clothes. We prayed with them. We ministered to them for hours. But we had one woman come up to us and say, where's the pastor at? And she lived under that bridge. And she handed on five bucks, I think it was at first, said, here, take this. Then she came back, had 20 in her hand. She said, take this, the body's weak. Everything she had, she gave to the ministry. Found out when we was at war, West Virginia, in March. And I and I told them this when this happened that day, that she would never hurt again, that she will never struggle without, you know, that she would never be homeless again, that she wouldn't have to worry about what was going to be, what she was going to eat from day to day, that she was going to have a job, she was going to have a car because of what she did. Because she poured every, she gave everything to the ministry that day. Knowing she didn't have a, she didn't know where her next meal was coming from, clothes, water, whatever. She had no clue where that was coming from. And she gave everything she had that she could have used to provide for her for at least another few days. And now she has a house. She has a good job. She don't have to worry about nothing. Because God provided it all for her because she was being faithful. She walked in obedience. When God said, poured into the ministry she poured into the ministry and was very blessed and now she's living life with abundance because she walked in obedience you know and that's what we gotta do we gotta walk in obedience no matter what it is no matter where we go it you know we walk in obedience like god's gonna say hey i need you to go here okay cool we go you know, the people in West Virginia said, hey, we need things. We need clothes. We need food. What, what happened? Mike got a trailer. We filled it. It was filled. And five men drove up there to drop this off and unload this trailer so they could have something. Because God said, hey, we need to go. Here's the, He provided it mm-hmm. and provided a way for us to get there and back safely. Even though it was sketchy, it was safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But God provided for it because he said he would. And we, and, and we all could have sat there and said, I, uh, you know, it's not the right time. Bob, I can't do this. No, we all said, okay, we're going. Here's the dates we're going. We're going. And that's what we did. We got up and went. And God, you know, Kathy talked about Uniontown back in May, the end of May. She said she wanted to do a revival this past weekend. That's the date she had said in May. I wrote them on the calendar at work saying, I need off this weekend to go to Alabama. Nothing else was said until the week before. And she says, I want to do something because my kids are, both my kids are going to be down here. And I said, I'm available this weekend to be able to come down there. And that's what happened. That's what we did. And I told her, I said, this, she said, this was ordained. I said, yeah, it was. She said, why is that? I said, back in May, I put this date on the calendar to come down here, not knowing if it was going to happen or not. And God says, okay, you're going down. You know, a week before, he says, yep, you're going to Alabama on this day. And that's what we did. Ooh. I believe it. I believe it. We just got to, we got to walk into peace. We just got to listen. We got to stop for a minute in our busy day. You know, we'll run around all day, busy, 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 busy. And God will slow us down. Yeah. But uh, but when we slow down, are we listening to God? Are we listening to what he says? Are we just still in our busy day 
and, and not listening to what he actually has to say. He will stop us in our tracks and tell us something, and we'll go, wow, okay. Okay, God, I'm listening. Amen. Fill me in. But we got to stop running around in a busy world and say, okay, God, what you want me to do? Amen. Okay, God, how can I serve you? Okay, God, what what's your plans for me now? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What, you know, you need me to go somewhere, I'll go. Send me. If you're not ready to be sent, don't ask him. Because if yeah. you say, God, I'm willing to go, send me, he'll send you. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we just got to be ready to walk in that obedience. I will not go on a plane. I will not go on a plane. God put me on the plane come to Mississippi. Yeah. Now I am Mississippi. Now I feel God pushing me all into the plane. <laughs> I feel I feel him, oh, it's time to go, go. You need to go. It, it's a calling, go. <laughs> That's right. That's what we do. That's our calling, man. As pastors, as ministers, mm-hmm. as followers of Christ. He's got a purpose and he's got a plan, but we got to stop and listen to what he's telling us. Because, yeah. like I said, we can get tied up in a busy world and get wrapped up in the busyness of this world and miss what God's trying to tell us and where God's trying to take us. Mm-hmm. And we do it all the time. Amen. You know, I've learned to go, okay, God, what, what's next? Okay. You know, this year, Coretta and War, West Virginia. Alabama. We're going to be in York, South Carolina next month. We're going to be in uh, Greer, South Carolina in October, looking at possibly in, doing ministry in Chester, South Carolina in September. You know, and puts wherever else he sends us and puts us at. Amen. So we just got to be willing to walk in obedience and listen to what God's telling us. Yes. And when he says, hey, I need you to be here at this time, guess where we need to be? We need to be there. At that time, because he's got a he's got a job for us to do, uh-huh. and it's not just to sit around twiddle our thumbs, sitting up here on Sunday morning for an hour and say I've done my sacrifice. No, it's saying, hey, I need you to go here for a reason, because there's gonna be somebody, maybe one person, it may be multiple people, but I need you there to show them my love, to show them hope. Instead of sitting in a church pew on a Sunday morning going, okay, hallelujah, praise God, and walk out and not worry about it until the next following Sunday. See, God laid this calling on my life. Man, it's been an amazing journey, and I, you know, I can't wait to see what the rest, you know, see how far it is. Seen things that I've never thought I'd see in my life and been wild by things that God has just showed me. You know, he brought us together through through the uh, live stream that Facebook shut me down on. But, you know, that was by the grace of God, I got shut down on it because I'm able to do other things in the process. Yeah. You know, yes, can I get on now? Yes, I can get on. And I get on when God tells me to get on. I don't get on just every night because he's not telling me to get on every night anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow, yes, that's what he had me doing. And then he says, okay. This is done. 
That's when I got kicked off. That's when Facebook kicked me off and stopped letting me do my live streams every single night. Yeah. I, I, I love the live stream. <laughs> you know, that's, we've seen amazing things happen with the live stream. We've yeah. seen people healed, delivered. We've seen people being broke of the, of the chains broken. We've seen demons casted out. Amen. But that's because I, God put me in a place and said, here, here here's, what you, here's your task now. I'm going to guide you through this. Amen. The night we did those four cast outs on live stream, I had no clue what I was doing. No clue because I'd never done it before. Uh-huh. We cast demons out of four people that night. Yeah. Because God know. used me as a vessel and did what he does best. Uh-huh. And that's being him. But used me as that vessel to do what he what had to be done to help and grab his children from the enemy's hands. Because yeah. the enemy had them. Because they were possessed. He had them. Until we came along and said, nope, not today. Yeah. Not today. Not today. Not today. Did I get attacked after that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I let it bother me, no, because God has me. Why worry about the enemy when you get Got the uh, the physician and the, the physician, the healer, and the father has your back. Don't worry about the when the father's got you. He says, "Watch this, I'll do amazing things in your life." Because he didn't tell us once we came to him, once we came in a relationship with him, was going to have it easy. He never told us that. He says we would have trials and tribulations in our life. Uh-huh. He told us that. So. Do I expect storms in my life? Do I expect troubles coming in my life? Absolutely. Yes. But who do I turn to when I come into these? Turn to God. Amen. You know, heck, we're trying to do it myself anymore. I did that for years. I figured out the hard way. That ain't the way to go because I can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm going to do is fail and get in a deeper hole than I was in before. Yeah. You know? So instead, I trusted God and said, okay, God. You told me I was going to have trials and tribulations. You told me I was going to go through troubles. Okay, let's face them together. And that's what we do. Jesus faced some in his, when he owned us, he faced some too. That's yeah. we are. Yeah. And there's sometimes we go through a trial and he's, he's, he's going, God, where you at? He's testing us. Like, watch this. I'm here, but I'm testing you, you know, but he's not saying nothing, but you know he's there. But it's a test of our faith. What are we going to do? He's going to see how we're going to handle something, you know, and and all. So, absolutely. Y'all got anything else for tonight? No. Yeah. I think you covered it. You, you want to play as out? Sure. Okay. Dear God, we thank you for allowing us to come together tonight um, and to share uh, in your grace, Father. And we're just asking you to cover us all in the blood of Jesus, cover our families, our listeners, Father. Uh, We ask you for supernatural healing for those who need healing, Father. We ask you for curing of the addictions, Father, for those who need to be cured of their addictions, no matter what they are. And uh, Father, we just thank you for letting us be here together and for uh, spreading your word. And we just ask you to continue to protect us. In Jesus' holy name, we pray, we ask, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Absolutely. Well, thank you for letting me come on with y'all tonight. I appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. We enjoyed it. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you face to face. I enjoyed it, man. Anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. We had great discussions, you know. And also, we'll see what happens next week. See what God does next week. That's right. A new new week. Praise God. So, when I get started out in Pakistan, that's going to be awesome. Can't wait. 8 30 Sunday morning. Check out our Pastor's Table podcast with Pastor Jeffrey and James. Our t-shirt available by Wear Creations LLC, your one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. We can customize any shirt you need, or you can check out our clothing lines available, such as our new Wearforce sports apparel. Check us out at wearcreation.com. Give us a call and let us take care of it all.